Hello and welcome to the Sermon Podcast series brought to you by Knox United Church and Nokomis United Church. My name is Mitchell Anderson, student minister at Knox and Nokomis. Today is week four in our series called Breathed by God, Reading the Bible in Our Time. And this week we're looking at the Gospels. Uh, Today's podcast is going to be a little different. We were closed for worship on November 11th in recognition of Remembrance Day. Uh, And so this is going to be a different kind of sermon. But I want to talk about uh, one of my favorite parts of the gospel, and this is the Son of Man sayings. Now, this phrase, Son of Man, uh, Jesus wasn't the first to use it, but was used by a great number of people throughout the Hebrew Scriptures. And often in the Hebrew Scriptures, it meant something like a person or a human being. In the book of Ezekiel, God addresses Ezekiel 93 times as Son of Man, or what uh, other versions of the Bible might translate as mere mortal, or just a human. Uh, This phrase, son of man, in the Hebrew scriptures, generally refers to a human being. But then Jesus goes and does something interesting with this phrase, son of man. He uses it to talk about himself, and he uses it in some very strange ways that wouldn't fit with how we might normally understand a mere mortal. Jesus says that the son of man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus says that the Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will gather out of the kingdom everything offensive and everything lawless and throw them into the fiery furnace. Jesus says to the Sanhedrin, You will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with clouds of heaven. Jesus uses these Son of Man sayings uh, in different ways, ways that are sometimes confusing. And so there's three of these Son of Man sayings that I want to uh, walk through. Ways that Jesus, I think, is describing himself and that give insight into Jesus and his ministry in uh, his life, his ministry, his death and his resurrection, the purpose of his coming to earth. And each of these three sayings begins, the Son of Man came. Now, the first of these is from the Gospel of Matthew. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. And people said, look, this person eats and drinks to excess and is a friend of tax collectors and sinners. But wisdom is proven just by her works. Now, I love this one. The Son of Man came eating and drinking. Too often, Christianity can be reduced to a list of moral instructions, about list of rules that so often seem simply to repeat the conventional middle-class morality of society, that all Christianity is really is about being a nice person and doing things and people liking you. But Jesus says that that's actually not the case at all, because the upstanding and respected people of his day didn't much care for Jesus. They said things like that he ate too much and drank too much, that he was friends with the wrong kind of people, with tax collectors and sinners. But Jesus says wisdom is proven just by her works. And so if we believe that the Son of Man came eating and drinking, if Jesus says about this about himself, that he came eating and drinking, uh, that he came to have life and life in abundance, to to show people that life is meant to be enjoyed and enjoyed in all of its fullness and richness. And so when he comes, he uh, associates with all kinds of people. He spends time with women, which for an unmarried man of his age would have been often frowned on. Uh, He spends time with people that society labels as sinners, uh, but who Jesus invites to be his followers and invites into the kingdom. And he's friends with tax collectors, 
with people who from his own society collaborated with the Roman Empire and made profit off of their fellow citizens by selling them out. These are the people that Jesus goes to and who calls his friends and who calls to be his followers. These are the people that the Son of Man comes to join. So the Son of Man comes eating and drinking. There's a second saying I want to walk through. It comes from Mark. And this is that the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. Now two of Jesus' followers are there, James and John, and they're asking if they can be seated next to him in the kingdom. But then Jesus corrects them and says that in the nations, rulers rule over people and the mighty oppress people. But that's not how it's going to be amongst Jesus' followers. So this will be a different kind of movement. And so Jesus says that whoever wants to be great must be a servant. Whoever wishes to be first must be the slave of all. And then Jesus says, For the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. Now this word ransom is important. Uh, It means a freedom price. It would be what you would pay to buy someone out of slavery. Now slavery in the time of, of Jesus is a different kind of institution than the slaveries that occurred in uh, the North American continent, where uh, people were bought and sold, um, were born into slavery. In Jesus' time, slavery uh, often came as a result of uh, debt. And so it would be a kind of a bankruptcy type institution where someone would sell themselves into slavery in order to uh, pay back debts. And while that institution of debt slavery had many evil consequences, Uh, just as slavery in the Americas were profoundly evil. Uh, It's a different kind of slavery, and it's important for us to remember. And so a ransom, this freedom price, would be the price that you would pay to buy someone out of slavery, essentially to pay back their debts and to buy their freedom. And so Jesus says that he has come to give his life for a ransom for many, to buy all of us out of slavery. You know, there's all kinds of things that we find ourselves in slavery into, into sin and all that comes with sin, into oppression, into greed, into bitterness. There's things that have caught our hearts, patterns of false choices that catch us, all sorts of ways where sin claims dominion over us, and where we become slaves to our worst nature, slaves to all that seeks to hold us, all that seeks seeks to trap us, all that seeks to capture us. But Jesus says, that he comes to offer his life as a ransom for many. And so in his life, in his ministry, in his death on the cross for us and for our sin, and in his resurrection, Jesus is giving of himself as a ransom for us, as a way of paying back this price of setting us free from all that holds us captured, all that seeks to bind us into slavery to sin. Jesus pays that price for us. Jesus comes to offer his life as a ransom for many. And so then we, in the same way, are invited and shown in this uh, saying how we are called to live. Not to be served, but to serve. And perhaps even to give our own lives as a ransom for others. To sacrifice of our own selves to set the world free. And so I believe that to follow Jesus means that we are not called to be served, but to serve. And we are called to sacrifice of ourselves for the good of our neighbor. The last Son of Man saying that I want to walk through is from Luke. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. 
Now, again, Jesus is describing the purpose of his time on earth, the purpose of his life, of his ministry, of his death on the cross, and of his resurrection to new life. Jesus says that he comes to seek and to save the lost. Now, this saying occurs at the end of an encounter with a man named Zacchaeus. So Jesus goes into this town, and there is Zacchaeus. So a whole crowd has gathered around Jesus, because people have heard about what he's doing, and people are fascinated by it. Some are just curious, and some are uh, deeply moved by his message, and want to come to find out more. Now Zacchaeus, we're told, is a short person, and so he's not able to see over the heads of the crowd. So he climbs up a sycamore tree to see Jesus, and then Jesus notices him and asks that he uh, go to Zacchaeus' house. You can imagine how disappointed the crowd would be, because Zacchaeus is the chief tax collector in this town. That means that he is uh, someone who has gone and worked for the empire that's conquered his people and is collecting heavy taxes on them, heavy and unfair taxes that pay for their own oppression, that pray for the that pay for the colonization that they're experiencing. So they work and work and work day in and day out to pay uh, for the wages of their oppressors, to pay for the people who hold them uh, captive, who have colonized their lands and who've taken away their freedom. And Zacchaeus is working for the Roman Empire, working for these people who are oppressing his own people. And he's gone rich off of it, we're told. And so Jesus uh, confronts him. And after this encounter, Zacchaeus is transformed. His heart has been changed. But he doesn't just keep that transformation to himself. Because as his heart is changed, he looks and sees that the world around him is not the place that it's supposed to be. It's not the place that Jesus is calling us to live in. And so then Zacchaeus does something profoundly interesting. He gives away half of all of his wealth. He's probably one of the most wealthy individuals in this town. And then on top of that, he promises to pay back everyone who he's wronged or hurt four times over their damages. So he promises to make right what he has, uh, what he has wronged people, to give away this ill-gotten wealth that he's gotten as the spoils of the colonial empire. He promises to give away, uh, to make right, to make whole these broken relationships. And then Jesus says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. I like the character of Zacchaeus because especially for those of us who live in Canada and who are blessed with such profound wealth, and riches, to live in one of the most wealthy societies in human history. Uh, It's hard for us sometimes to understand the world of the Bible, where so many of Jesus' followers were the poor, the marginalized, and the oppressed. It's hard to understand these stories when we sit in the places of power and of wealth. And so Zacchaeus is a good figure for us, because it shows us, uh, I think, what we are called to do, when we have wronged others, or when we have ill-gotten wealth, when we've grown rich off of oppression, we're called to give it away, to give up power, to give up privilege, to give away our status, to give away those things that keep us uh, trapped, keep us tied to all that is oppressive and destructive in the world. And instead, we're called to right the wrongs, to pay back four times the ways that we have been hurt, Ways that, sorry, the ways that we've hurt others. Imagine that if that everyone who we had ever wronged, we paid them back four times over what we had done, and on top of that, gave away half of everything we had. 
That's the depth of transformation in Zacchaeus's life. Because Jesus says the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. So this is how Jesus chooses to describe his purpose with us in the Gospels. He says that he came eating and drinking, consorting with all the worst kind of peoples in the eyes of the upstanding citizens, but the people who Jesus chooses chooses to call his friends and followers, sinners and tax collectors, people like you and me who've made mistakes, who've found ourselves trapped, who Jesus comes to celebrate with, to show that there is a richness and fullness of life. And so the Son of Man came eating and drinking. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And so in the same way, we are called not to be served as followers of Jesus, but to serve, to serve one another, to serve the hurting in our time and to serve the world, to serve the mending of creation, to serve causes of justice, to serve making the world the sort of place that the Son of Man came to serve. And just as Jesus gives his life for us on the cross, just as Jesus dies to pay the price to set us free, so too we are called to offer our lives as a ransom for many, to offer our lives for the world's freedom, to offer our lives for our neighbors, sacrificing ourselves, sacrificing our comfort, sacrificing that we might, in our time, bring the freedom and wholeness and fullness of new life to all the world and all creation. And the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. That when we are lost like Zacchaeus, lost and trapped, caught, finding ways where we are growing rich and powerful by cooperating with evil, Jesus shows us that he comes to seek and to save us. And then Jesus calls us that as our hearts are transformed by his presence in our lives, so too we are called to be transformation in the world, giving away our power and wealth and privilege, repaying all those who we have wronged, four times over even, doing what we must to live the way of Jesus out in our time. And now my prayer for you is this. May you know deep in your hearts that the Son of Man came eating and drinking for the fullness of life for you and for all people. The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to offer his life as a ransom for many, that we might in turn serve and offer our lives as a ransom for the world, and that we might follow the one who came to seek and to save the lost. And so when we are lost, to trust that Jesus, the Son of Man, is coming to find us and to set us free for ourselves and for the world. Amen.